It says, Wherefore, seeing also ye are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I do thank you for, for this day. Father, I thank you for your love and your mercy, that your long suffering that no one should perish, but all should come to repentance. And Father, I do thank Pastor for giving me the opportunity to stand here today and give the word of God. And Father, I thank you that you've kept me in the ministry almost 14 years now. I thank you for that. In Jesus' holy and precious name I pray, amen. This message has come out of a trial I recently had. And uh, I won't go into details on it. But it was one of the reasons I'm not on Facebook anymore. That's all I'll say about it. So. The title of this message is, Be Sure Your Sin Will Find You Out. Everybody has a besetting sin. Everybody knows what that besetting sin is, most likely. I already know mine. It is easily, will easily trip you up. Numbers 32, 23 says, But if ye will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Most people have a misunderstanding as to what this scripture really means. Most people think it means your sin will someday be found out, or you, you won't get away with sin. Of course, these statements are true, but it is not what this particular Bible passage is referring to. We read in Luke 12, 2, For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, and neither hid that shall not be known. Our sins will be known. There's nothing hid from the presence of God. Nothing at all. He sees everything. But the amazing thing is he loves us anyway. Proverbs 15.3 says, proclaims, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Now I use this little uh, illustration here. Las Vegas is, is guilty of false advertising. As you know, they guarantee that your sins you commit in Vegas will stay in Vegas. Wrong. Well, I have news for you. God is videotaping. Maybe not videotaping, but he sees it. Everything you do in Vegas, what happens in Vegas is recorded in heaven. It's recorded. What you do has been recorded already. What you will do will be recorded. God is not a pacifist, a teddy bear God. He, looks the other, he doesn't look the other way when we sin. God has promised to hold each and every one of us accountable for ourselves. Romans 14, 12 says, So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. And Colossians 3, 25 says, But he that 
doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there is no respect of persons. No respect of persons. From the high, from lowest to the highest, there's no respect of persons. We will all stand someday before, before God. Revelation. I'm going to go over there real quick. It's not written down in my notes. So. Revelation 20. 11 through 15 says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small, and great stand before God, and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up their dead, which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Are you in that book of life right now? I'm talking to people here. I'm talking to people that are listening to. Are you in that book of life? I know somebody I've been witnessing to is going to watch this tonight. Second Corinthians 5, 9 through 11 says, we'll go over there. So, 5, 9 through 11. It says, Wherefore labor that, whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men that we are made manifest unto God, and trust also are made manifest in your conscience. So what does Numbers 32-23 mean? The Israelites were about to enter the promised land However, the tribes of Reuben and Gad didn't want to live in Canaan. And they informed Moses of this in Numbers 32.2, which I'm not going to go there, but that's where they, he informed them this. They had, they had land, herds of cattle, and saw that there was plenty of land on the east side of Jordan River. Canaan, the promised land, was on the west side of the Jordan River. Moses was upset and said that the rest of the tribes would be discouraged by their unwillingness to enter into the promised land. Moses also pointed out they are needed at, at all the manpower and the battle they could get. And he couldn't afford not to have the tribes of Reuben and Gad fight in Canaan. So they asked Moses they could remain in the east side of Jordan if they promised to help fight with the rest of the tribes to the promised land. And Moses reluctantly agreed, but told them that if they didn't keep their promise, their sin would find them out. Notice carefully what Moses said in Numbers 32, 23. Your sin will find you out. It is, your sin will find you out. It is sin we commit that will one day haunt us. This is what the verse means. Sin always leads to misery and regret. And one man, I won't give a name, that I talked to through the jail ministry, he, told, he confided to me that he was a drug addict 
when he was younger, before he found the Lord, he told me he would rob people just to get a fix. He told me other stuff, but I won't use it in, the, in his company. It didn't bother him if, he had, if they had lots of money or was poor. He took it. He told me how he used to get high on cocaine, how each drug high was less spectacular than the previous one. He began to weep as he told me how he regretted his life of sin. The people he had hurt and in wasted years of life he could not relive. We need to get our sin nailed at the cross. We need to get victory over our sin in our lives. We need that to go forward with what God has for us to do in this life. I could, I could share many such stories with you. I'm sure you could likewise share stories with me, too, on that. The world is a sinful place, and certainly all men and women are sinners. In fact, the most heinous and worst crimes being committed today are by children and young teens. That's the statistics on that. Thing. On, on the consequences of sin, what price are you willing to pay for sin, my friend? Sin will always take us further than we plan to go, cost us more than we intend to pay, and keep us longer than we wanted to stay. I remember hearing that a long time ago. The devil is a liar, thief, and a murderer. He's the father of all liars and thieves and murderers, the Bible says. John 8, 44 says, You are your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do, a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there's no truth in him. There's no truth in the devil, none at all. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and a father of it. And John 10.10 10 says, The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. And Christ says, I come that they might have life that they might have it more abundantly. There are many liars and thieves and murderers in the world today whose father is Satan. Many of them out there. I am the biggest sinner I know. And so are you if you're right with God. If you truly grow in the grace of God as a Christian and abide in the scriptures, you will come to the place eventually where you think that you're the biggest sinner in town. The reason why is because as you draw nearer to a holy God, you will be, begin to see yourself more and more as a dirty sinner. The reason why is because as you draw nearer to a holy God, you will begin to see yourself more. But Hebrews 12, 29 says, For God is a consuming fire. God's holiness expresses the awfulness of our sin. It's quite normal to feel nervous for no apparent reason as you draw nearer to God's presence, for he is a holy God. Here are some of the mightiest holy men of the, of the Bible expressing the awfulness of their sin. Isaiah said, Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah 6.5 the Apostle Peter. When, Simon, when 
When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at, it, at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Luke 5.8. The Apostle Paul. He says, I'm the chief of sinners. No, oh, I think I got that one. <laughs> this is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of who I am chief. 1 Timothy 1, 5, 1, 5, 1 Timothy 15. James 2.10 says, Teach that to break even one of God's commandments is equivalent to breaking all of them in God's sight. In other words, even one sin is enough to send a person to hell for all eternity. Just one. I don't want to remember all of them. One of them is, is enough for the death penalty. But Jesus Christ went to that cross and died for our sins, paying that price for us so we wouldn't have to. He paid the price for us so we didn't have to. And I'm so thankful for that. Because I couldn't have paid that price. He was the only one that could. We just need a Savior. His precious name is Jesus, who died and was buried and rose again to pay for our sins. That's the gospel. That's the gospel message. Plain and simple. The, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. It says, More of the brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I have preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand or which ye also are saved, if you keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I have received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. He did this to provide forgiveness for our sins. He stepped into the flesh, a holy God, he stepped into the flesh to take our sins upon him on that cross. I feel so unworthy to be standing here right now, but he paid for my sins. Forgiveness for all is available through the blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Here are some of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible which I love and cherish. Romans 8, 32-34 that he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall we not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is, it is God that justifieth, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who maketh intercession for us. He's there making intercession for us. When we mess up, he's there. He's there making intercession. And this gentleman I was telling you about before, he told me that he often wonders if he has any unknown children out there. Because he had been a whoremonger for so long. He was wondering if there was any children out there. He said he felt guilty because he had taken advantage of the poor when he, and God gave him a good job. But the cocaine was just too much for him. The sin was too much for him. 
I won't blame it on the cocaine. I'll blame it on sin. Sin was too much for me. That's why I told him. It wasn't the cocaine. It was the sin. Cocaine didn't help. His life was so tragic. Years later, he became a Christian and knew that the blood of Jesus had cleansed all his sins away. But he still felt guilt over the people he had hurt. His sins found him out. And they will find you out. As they found me out. Ephesians 2.13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you were sometimes were far off, made nigh by the blood of Christ. Amen. We are reconciled when we're brought near to God by the blood of Christ. That's an amen statement right there. What price are you willing to pay for your sin? What price are you willing to pay for that secret sin that you keep hidden? You think you're keeping it hidden, but God already knows. You may have got it hidden from everyone around you, but God still knows. Thankfully, Jesus paid the debt that he did not owe. He didn't know this debt, but he paid it. Because we owed a debt of sin that we could not pay. There's no way we could pay for it. There's nothing at all we could do to pay for it. The blood of Christ paid for it. But my friend, if you did not receive Christ's payment of the gospel for your sins, then you must go to hell for all eternity to pay for your own sins. That's a hard way to, that's a hard lesson to learn, ain't it? Hard way to do it. That you actually, you're going to be going a place that's not very comfortable if you don't have your sins covered by the blood of Christ. And don't worry, pastor told me I can't, uh, he told me I was a long-winded preacher. Don't worry, I'll get you out here early. So, I told him I would. So. I had to say that. Well, at the jail, I am long-winded, but I had the time to do it, too. The price is everlasting fire and damnation, separated from God and all the joys and splendors of heaven. On the consequences of sin, there are children all across the world who don't even know who their real fathers are because their mother doesn't even know. Their mother doesn't even know. Most people never experienced Young, most people have never experienced young children having the same mother fighting with each other over whose daddy is best. It's, tra- it's tragic. It is. Satan always shows young people the neon lights, the glamour, the fame, the money, the fun, and the good times, but the devil won't dare show you the truth. The devil won't take you into local <coughs> emergency rooms all across the world where people are dying because of sin. Satan shows people the gambling casinos and the beautiful woman, the booze, the money, and the thrills. What Satan doesn't show you is the little room in back of each gambling casino where your house, your assets, and life are squandered away. It doesn't show. He doesn't want you to see the consequences of your sin. But there are consequences to our sin. What the devil don't, won't show you is the battered wife whose drunken husband beats her or the lie of sin. Be sure your sin will find you out. Sin will always cost you more than you bargained, take you farther than you intended, 
and ruin your life faster than you could have ever imagined. But I want you to know that God loved us so that he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. He made it possible so we could have fellowship with God. And I, and I like John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to have everlasting life. The word of God says that your sin will find you out. There will come that time when the chickens come home to roost. What does that mean when the chickens come home to roost? Remember Peter. Peter vowed he would never deny Christ. Jesus told Peter that before the cock or the adult male chicken crowed three times that Peter would in fact deny him. Matthew 26, 34 says, Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice, three times. Peter said, no way. Peter did deny Jesus and even cursed Christ's holy name. But Peter got right with God and, and preached the first message on Pentecost, day of Pentecost. He preached that message. And lots of people were saved that day. He got right after he failed. He got right. We need to get right with God. We need to get right with God. King David in Old Testament killed a man to hide an adulterous affair with a man's wife that led to an unwanted pregnancy. Led to the death of the baby, too. David didn't think twice about the great evil he had done until Nathan the prophet confronted him several months later. The chickens came home to roost. Your sin will find you out. Oh, the misery, defeat, and guilt David experienced. But the Psalms are quite a bit. David wrote a lot of Psalms, and he did so from a low place sometimes and from a high place. And one of the Psalms he wrote, he did from this low place in his life. I won't go there, but he wrote a psalm that pertained to this. The reason I'm not going, as I said, I was going to get you out as early as I can get you out. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for who, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Galatians 6 7. There's a popular saying what goes around comes around. I don't care who you are or where you are or how you are or when you are, your sins will find you out. They will find you out. I can testify to that fact, that they will find you out. And the way that you sin, that is the way it's going to come home to you sometime. It'll come back to you. I don't understand why it comes back that way, but it does a lot of times. But that is the meaning of this statement. Be sure your sin will find you out. Maybe, this is not my notes, but I'm allowed to go here, so I will. So. 
Romans 2, 21 says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. It gets darkened. Sin darkens the heart. It deadens the heart. Well, I like Romans 6, or I mean, 320, yeah, 320, no, 311 through 17. I like this part here. Or I mean, 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. There is, they're all gone out of their way, all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulchre with their tongue. They have used deceit and poison of ashes under their lips. His mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. That's why. That, that tells us what we are outside of Christ. But the best part. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All. Romans 5.12 Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for, for that all have sinned. And, and 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a gift. He paid for that gift when he went to the cross. He made everything possible. He did everything possible for the salvation of sinners. He did everything possible. We couldn't do nothing. There's nothing we can do. Christ did everything. Christ did everything. And we need to keep that in our, helm, our helmet of salvation on. We need all the armor on. If we're not wearing that armor that pastor's been talking about on Wednesday nights, we will be in trouble. We need to have that armor on all the time. Romans 5.8 says, But God commanded his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. He didn't wait so we could try to get better because there was no way we were going to get better. He died while we were yet sinners. I just want to, for a couple minutes, talk from my heart. We need God's love and mercy in our lives. He shows that love and mercy through his son. He shows us that love and mercy. He sent his only begotten son into the world to die for our sins. He did that because he loved us so much. And I look at myself, I look at the way I was. Why would God love me? But he did. He loves every one of you out there. He loves every one of you. I know I may not show it very much, but I love you all too. That's something God gave me I never had before. I didn't like anyone. I was alone a lot. I didn't even speak up in class. Now look at me, I'm a, I'm a preacher. But God knows everything about us. 
He knows everything about me, and yet he chose to use me. And I'm so thankful for that. Many, many men down at jail have been saved because of that ministry down there. And if I had quit going at any point during that time, there would have been a lot of people not getting saved. There's been times I've, I wanted to give up, but God's not let me do that. I, I do wish sometimes somebody come alongside. Pastor first did for a while, but he can't no more. But that's, I don't want to give it up. I don't want to give up. It's something I know I'm good at, reaching out to people. I, I share bits and pieces of myself with them. And that's probably why they're getting saved. Because I give my testimony, and I share parts of my life with them, and they know it's real. They know everything is real. I don't hide from them. We tend to try to hide from people or think we're hiding from God. None of that works. None of that works. You can go hide somewhere in the, in the forest if you want to get away from people. There's times I wanted to do that. <laughs> I was the classic introvert before God changed my life. Now I can't keep my mouth shut. That's why pastor says I'm long-winded. So. Let's pray.